Welcome to the Melanated Minds Podcast. This is your host, Chris L. I'm joined with my co-host, Ash the Spoken. And this is the first episode. We're going to try and get something done here tonight. Uh, so I guess... How are you doing, Ash? It's been a minute. I'm doing good. It's definitely been a while. Why don't you... Uh... Why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? What are you getting into these days? These days, I'm pushing a lot of emails, and I am wishing I was doing something else, <laughs> to be honest with you. I definitely feel that, definitely. You know... I did not... Oh, my no, bad. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know. Finish what you, <laughs> finish what you were going to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, I definitely needed something more creative driven in my life and hopefully we can make something with this yeah yeah your boy here has a lot of creative pursuits yet i've been pursuing absolutely none of them recently but you know sometimes life just gets in the way like that yeah for sure um so like no poetry no photography you know i mean i was I finally started doing a bunch of photo a couple months ago, but then I had to move last minute. So, uh, you know, that was a lot of stress all in itself, and I haven't really gotten the chance to get back to it. Um, but one of these days, you know, just just quit my job. So, living that <laughs> living that unemployment <laughs> life. Yeah, fuck that place. Hope he listens to this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you want to riff on that anymore or not, but I am glad that you got out of there. Uh, yeah, uh, I certainly am too. Um, but hopefully there are some good things in the future. Stay positive, stay elevated, you know how it is. Just two, uh, two brothers trying to make it. Yeah, for sure. Um and that's like sort of the general theme of this podcast to everybody listening out there. We're just, um, to give y'all some context, we're just a couple of young, I don't know what you'd call us. Afrocentric uh, individuals. Yes, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, just trying to make, make some bread, you know, make it out here. And, you know, we'll be connecting, discussing some topics all over the place but you know the overall idea is to put our uh, our spin our experiences on the things that we talk about um we have a couple things listed for our first episode here but we're just gonna start talking see where the conversation goes uh you know this is the first episode so it's a little it's gonna be a little rough but you know eventually the goal is to make sure this is something worth listening to um not that it's not right now but you get the point of course um so i don't know what you wanted to get down to first i don't know if you, do you want to tackle the main big thing we had to talk about or well it seems like a lot of a, a lot of things we have here center around our college experience um you know, me and Chris are both recently out of college. It's been oh, over two years now. I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about it. Uh, 
<laughs> but you know, we have a couple of things just to talk about specifically in terms of our you know, our experiences being two Afrocentric individuals going to PWI, and you know, for those not listening, that's a predominantly white institution. Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about our personal experiences in that department there. Yeah, so um, just to give you all a little bit of background on me, I went to PWIs basically my entire life. So, you know, I have just gotten so used to being one of the only, if not black or or POC in the classroom. And, you know, it sometimes in those English classes, it gets, it it, it gets pretty, uh, pretty intense. Let's just say there's a reason why I can't stand Mark Twain. Yeah, I mean, similarly to to Chris, I'm in that same vein. Uh, I've been at white institutions my whole life, too. Uh, I went to one of the top high schools in the country. And trust me, that's not a flex because your boy was dumb as hell. Uh, (laughs) Didn't do so great in the education department in the beginning there. Um, And then, you know, of course, both of us went to the same college. It was private school in upstate New York. Very, very white. Um, Extremely. (laughs) Extremely. And, you know, uh, especially in the wintertime, you know, when it snowed, I couldn't even see most of the population when I went outside. Uh, But I guess we can talk about, you know, a couple couple of our experiences that we had there. Uh, You know, one of the things that we have, (laughs) me and Chris were um, a part of an organization uh, that basically was student public safety called narcs a lot um (laughs) party crashes definitely um of course and you know i i want to be up front and say you know you do what you do for that for that bag uh but you know certainly there's a lot of dynamics with you know being a poc and also being a part of some sort of law enforcement group on campus um i can definitely say me and chris had many interesting um sort of situations that happened uh you know i guess we can sort of talk about that uh take it away my guy yeah so i guess the immediate first thing um was our boss consistently <laughs> mixed us up and called us by each other's names and you couldn't pick two of the least uh similar brothers to mix 
us up with, you know. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say? It's like we we don't really look anything alike. And I guess she may if it was just once, I could say okay, maybe our names are a little similar. But this was like consistent. Consistently. Like <laughs> I don't know that. So that was that became an inside joke between uh, me and Ash. Just we just share this look every single time uh, it happened. And the funny thing is, is like <laughs> it started as an inside joke, but it got to a point where even the white people on the staff and like shake their head, like, "Come on, it's you got the wrong name." And it's like, oh, that's when you know it's bad. <laughs> like when you have the right. The, the the whites coming to your defense and uh but you know like it, it's it's kind of impossible to be a part of a an organization like that and not constantly be faced with the racial implications of identifying as a poc and you know being in an institution that historically oppresses poc and enacts a lot of racial violence and you know other things like that um you know i specifically remember a time oh and i think you know i think it's funny about that too because i think like people who aren't poc like realize that whether they don't want to say it or they don't want to believe it um Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if this is a good example, but I remember, I don't know if I ever told you this, Chris, but I, I remember one time uh, I was working and this was about like nine at night on a Wednesday. Actually, no, this was probably like 11 on a Wednesday. And we were walking down the hallway and it sounded like there were some people having a party in a room. They were blasting loud music talking super loud and you know unfortunately to get the bag in this situation I had to, I had to shut that shit down cause it's a Wednesday and you know let's we can be fair on a Wednesday not mm-hmm. probably the best decision um, right so I go up to the door I calmly knock and the music stops instantly and I can hear the people on the other side whispering. And, you know, these are, these are freshman year college dorms. Whispering sounds like you're yelling through those paper walls. So they probably think I can't hear them, but they're loud as shit. And I remember hearing, like, the girl come up to the door, look through the peephole, and she goes... Oh my god, what should I do? It's a black man. Uh, yeah. oh. hey, Are you serious? Completely serious. Standing there wearing the vest, wearing the whole getup, knocking on their door. And like I remember I was just like frozen because I you know again we both went to PWI institutions our whole life but I feel like sort of a lot of the kind of racial things you come across are either 
I mean, I'm, I won't speak for you, but for me, were either like microaggressions or things that I didn't realize until I got older were like, like awful, but like not awful enough that I didn't realize there was like race involved back then. So this was like one uh-huh. of the first instances where I was like, like, oh shit, like this person just said something racist to me. You know, not including, you know, my years on Call of Duty and stuff. That's just a given. Um, of course. <laughs> but, like, I remember just being, like, frozen. Like, it fucked my whole night up. And, uh, you know, unfortunately back then I wasn't very vocal, very vocal person. So I, I didn't say anything when she opened the door. Um, but, you know, you can, you can... Bet you can bet my ass called that shit in. Uh, of course, noise. yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think I ever told you that story. But um, no, you haven't. It no. was insane, and uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But it was it was related to this situation. Like, damn, I can't even I can't even do. My I can't even do my job without being profiled, and I'm being profiled while I'm wearing the uniform. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. But, uh... Yeah, I mean we can go in a whole like bunch of directions with that story, but um, what I want to say is I totally understand how difficult it is to call that shit out, especially. If you're not, you know, a super outspoken person, it can be just difficult to, like, directly confront it. And it's shitty because, you know, it shouldn't happen and that person is completely at fault. But I feel like a lot of the times we're kind of just gaslighted into brushing it off and just having to take other people's abuse, you know? And it's fucked up. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how, going back to the situation with our boss, always confusing, uh, always confusing us. Like, I, there are times where I felt crazy for being upset because she would always phrase it as, ah, uh, my bad. Like I don't know why I do this. I'm so confused. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> right. We know why you do this. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's pretty obvious. And you know, and what's funny, because I'm remembering it as we're talking about it. For those that might be skeptical and sitting here thinking, well, you know, maybe their names are similar. Uh, Maybe they both got big lips, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're saying to try to, to justify this. I, I'm trying to explicitly remember if this was related. Oh, this was related to, um, you know, our good friend, Dill, Magnetic the Shaman. I'll shout him out real quick um, if he ever listens to this. But uh, I'm trying to remember the story. I think... Uh, Dill had spoken to, I, I won't say her, we'll, we'll call her Sarah, our boss. I won't use her real name. Um, you know, I don't want her to hear this and start crying one day. 
Um, <laughs> but I remember <laughs> Sarah had a conversation with Dill about something. I wasn't there. I wasn't a part of it. And about two days later, Sarah comes up to me and she's like, hey, like, do you remember when we had this conversation about this, this, and that? And I was like, huh? And she, she was like, you know, we just had this conversation. Like, we were just talking to each other. You came to my office. And I was like, no, that wasn't me. Um, and I, I think what's funny about this story is uh, Chris said earlier you couldn't have picked two people that look nothing alike. Uh, Chris can tell you, me and Dill look nothing alike. <laughs> Absolutely, this nothing. man has whole ass dreads. Uh, I have cr- very curly hair. Um, you know, I could go on and on about our differences, uh, but now nah, she was she was definitely confusing. You know, all the black people at that job. Um, <laughs> Uh, and we, you know, Dill actually graduated two years before us, and he came to he came to visit once, and we had this we had this joke. I remember actually the joke between you and me when uh, when Dill came in or something, we were like Sarah's gonna come up to him and be like Ash, <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long. How have things been? <laughs> He just sighed on like, right. You know, I mean, that, that's a very specific to our institution situation. You know, um, being a part of sort of student law enforcement interactions with actual campus law enforcement um, and our racial identities, um, but we can definitely like expand out and talk more about our actual uh, experiences. In the classroom, you know, in our social lives, um, just right. talk about some you know things that went on. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, a big part of going to to college is living with roommates, um, and you know, I've I've had my share of roommate horror stories. Um, one time, I remember one of my roommates left an apple in our fridge uh, and he left it in there for at least a month or two to the point where this apple turned into applesauce in our fridge. (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. Um, And it it was (laughs) it was so gross to clean that up but um, I think you can top me Oh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm infamous for having some pretty horrible roommates. You know, my I say all the time, my only good roommate throughout my entire college career is my good friend Hakeem. This man, we were disgusting individuals, but as a room <laughs> as a roommate, he was pretty good. But uh, I. I like to point to my freshman year roommate um, as pretty much up there with the worst roommate I've ever had in my life. 
Um, Damn. Yeah. And, uh, now, you know, I won't get it twisted. We're, we were good friends. We always have and will be good friends. But as a roommate, oh, my God. Uh, this man was disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I, will, <laughs> I will happily trash him on this podcast. Um, he got his ants at some point. Actually, you know, I remember this man didn't sleep with bed sheets for a solid two months. So he was sleeping on the raw college campus uh, mattress. That's disgusting. Because the sheets he brought with him to school were too itchy. So he didn't like sleeping with them. We had to get this man sheets for his birthday. <laughs> in order for him. No way. In order for him to wear, to have sheets on his bed. Uh, Wait, so he was sleeping on that navy blue yes. ass bear. He was sleeping on this like paper thin. He would have the nerve to bring back women to this room, to this mattress. I'm sure he traumatized many people. Um, <laughs> we had to buy him sheets for his birthday. Uh, similar to your roommate, he would leave tr- like food trash like out in the open. I told you he got his aunt at some point. And at one point, uh, he had a girlfriend. Or actually, when he first got to college, he had a long-term girlfriend. And let me tell you, these were a couple of the most horny individuals I've seen in my life. Anywhere and everywhere with no regard to anyone. And my funniest story about that is when I was moving out or when I was like packing up to leave for fall break um, or Thanksgiving break, I was there and a lot of people had left early and I was there on like the last day when you go home. And I remember I was moving stuff out to my mom's car and I come back in, I go upstairs and one of my friends is like, hey Ash, did you happen to look into the lounge on your way out? Because my freshman year, my lounge was like on the first floor. You can't miss it when you're leaving or coming into the building. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, like what's going on? He was like, so I was leaving to go to my car and I look to the left and all I see through the window of the door is my roommate he's like all i see is his bare ass like because he was in there you know getting down with his girlfriend 2 p.m oh my god in like basically in front of the window if someone can see you on a day where like parents and you know us older teens are moving in and out. Uh, the man had no shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Nah. Wow. You're telling me you can't top that? I No, I can't top that story. That's fair. <laughs> I can't even, you know, for, I can't even talk about, uh, I can't even talk about another roommate 
that I had that was awful because until this day, they're probably still under the impression that we were best friends. Um, and I don't want to, in the off chance they listen to this, I don't want to crush their memories of the good times they had. Uh, yeah, I can attest to that. They did seem to be under that impression when <laughs> they talked about you. And this probably, I mean, this will definitely give it away to you know the person that this is. But it was to the point that when they were moving out, because I ended up having the room to myself for second semester. When they were moving out, they like sat me down and they were like, Ash, like, I've been trying to figure out how to tell you this, but I've been kind of nervous. But, you know, I'm moving out for, you know, they told me the reasons. I'm moving out, and I just didn't want you to feel like it was because of you. And I was just like, oh, no. But in my head, I was like, yes, get the fuck out. (laughs) Like, I was living in absolute hell for a semester. Damn. But, you know, shout out. Shout out to that person. You're great. You're wonderful. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what they're up to. Uh, I don't know. Uh, who knows? I mean, hopefully good things. Hopefully better things. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I guess going back a little bit on topic, not that we have any specific things to talk about too much. I'm kind of curious, you know, with with us both having attended a PWI, both in, you know, high school and college, what your experience in the classroom was like. Because I'm sure there's a, a lot of... yeah you know young poc who go through a lot of the things that we went through um so yeah let's talk about it i mean you got your standard like let's say you're reading a book about race and the teacher asks oh what does everybody think of when this character says the n-word and everybody (laughs) in the room turns and looks at you yes yes that's uh happened to me a few times or even like on that same vein when before you start the book they're like let's uh let's take a vote on what we do when we come to the n-word do we say n-word do we say the word do we like skip it and you can like you can just see all the the generational energy in their eyes is they so badly want to say it, but then they all kind of like look at you, the soul <laughs> POC in the room, and they're like, uh, let's just say N word. Which is funny, <laughs> no one ever voted to skip it. Everyone was like, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm get it in there somehow. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, they, they, wanna, they, they wanted the tease at least. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, expanding on that, I feel like, unfortunately, at least for me, 
I feel like going to school as one of the few black kids, it kind of like, it really drags on you. You know, I feel like it's hard to gain confidence when you have all these undertones to everything in school. And like, I went to a conservative school and I went to a liberal, I went to a conservative school for like, I would say middle school and then my high school was was liberal and there's like there was like next to no difference in my opinion in uh how things were handled racially. Now I guess my question for you is would you say that in high school you had any sort of like historical understanding of you know your race and your identity um or was it sort of like or was it kind of like the experience i said i had where like i could always tell some things were wrong but i can never express or understand why right it was more it was more of the latter uh, experience where I wasn't able to pick up on anything that wasn't blatantly like prejudiced or racist. Yeah, I mean that's and that's an issue all in itself. You know, I don't, I don't think I, and I don't think I learned about legitimate POC specifically black like history in America until my senior year of high school, you know, like before that, the only things I like remember are, uh, you know, you learn about slavery. That's like 10 pages in your 2000 page history of the U S textbook. Uh, you learn about slavery here and there. You learn about vague, civil rights mlk malcolm x stuff in february and then you have mlk day which is well in my school it was like some big thing that was supposed to be this whole educational community service thing but then they also sold kente cloth hats <laughs> at, <laughs> at the school yes they did no they didn't they did not sell kente i talked to people about my high school like it sounds like some just like it sounds like satire uh you know predominantly white school super 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 rich wealthy privileged kids every mlk day they had the table out they were selling kente cloth um and it's funny uh I, i can send it to you after this I have a picture from when I think I was in second grade. It's a class picture, like a class photo shoot, and we're all in kente cloth, and I'm one of three black kids in the picture. So I'm just let that settle in there for you. Uh but yeah, you know, like I said, I didn't, you know, I, I, whenever there was microaggressions, whenever there's something wrong, I feel like I can like feel it, feel it, and like my ancestral energy radar was ticking off 
but I never knew like why these things were upset. So like you said, I kind of felt gaslighted. I'm just like, oh, well, this is normal behavior. These are normal things to say. I'll just move on, you know? Exactly. I mean, do you have anything, uh, you have any specific incidences you could talk about where, you know, looking back on, you're like, uh, holy shit, that was kind of racist. Hmm. I really wish <laughs> I had prepared a story like that. No, I mean, that's fair. Uh, well, I know you said you had some experiences about being the only black student in a class. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about English. You know, English class is notorious uh, when it comes to the N-word in books. I, I feel like a many, yep. many people have gone through that exact scenario. Um, but would you say there is sort of any other situation where you felt like you stood out or you felt like you didn't belong or, you know, something similar. I mean, it wasn't like, I feel like it's not a specific in, uh, hmm. instance. Uh, for example, I never felt like I fit in when I was in middle school, like ever. Uh, with my class um, it didn't help that literally <laughs> it was just me and this one other black kid and this one like darker skinned Indian kid and we were the only like people of color basically yeah in, in, in our the grade. whole grade and oh, wow. in the whole grade the whole grade just three I don't think any whim or any like <laughs> yeah there there weren't any um female poc at there. all wow um at all yeah no it was and, and it was what state bad. i think this is um, important too because you weren't you weren't in uh okay, new jersey see, like and, and that's crazy too because you weren't in you weren't in some bumfuck place like the, the dakotas or something you know <laughs> No, it wasn't bumfuck, but it was the county I grew up in in New Jersey is one of the wealthiest counties in the country. So it was very high income, wealthy, white families that lived there. Yeah. Uh, so that's why there was like next to no POC. And literally the only reason why there's one other black kid uh it's because his dad worked as a teacher at the so school he had that discount yeah it, which is crazy i can i forgot about that fact looking back on it but um i just feel like that environment is not easy for a kid to learn in like it kind of ties into have you heard of um death by a thousand yes. cuts that's kind of like a metaphor for uh for how racism is and how it affects people i feel like it's just little things that build up and build up and build up um 
and it's just it's difficult it was a it was a tough time in school for me and my uh my academic performance didn't improve until my mom put me in a more diverse school and you know that's that's interesting because you you raise a point that an, an angle that i don't know if i've considered before like i was a pretty poor student at my school i i went there for 12 years from first to all the way till i graduated high school um and I was I I was a crap student. I started to turn around a little bit junior and senior year. I will not, I won't say what my my high school GPA was. Uh, it's pretty not great. Um, and I think, I think one thing that I feel like my teachers would always confuse my teachers when they looked at me is that, you know, one, how am I still at this school? Uh, I feel like administration threatened to kick me out almost every year, but you know, I was, you know, just had such a lovable personality, you know. Um, but I, I think that was like one thing. Like I feel like sometimes teachers would like express that confusion, like 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 are you, are you dumb? Like are you stupid? Like why are you? St- like how are you, like how are you here? How do you belong with all these other students that are like here? And I feel like that made me want to care less in a way, which you know affected mm-hmm. my performance. And that that death by a thousand cuts is such a good point because I don't think people often realize how these experiences affect you mentally. And, you know, when we talk and how they affect, you know, how they affect your performance in school, but also how over time it starts to affect, you know, your mental health. And, you know, I I think my mental health in high school was extremely piss poor, Um, you know, for various reasons. But I think a decent chunk of that was being in the environment I was being in. And definitely death by a thousand cuts, like being a not wealthy POC in a white wealthy sort of system affects every little thing. You know, my friends might be like, hey, let's go to the movies. Hey, let's go out to eat. And I have to be like, "Uh, sorry, I can't afford that. Or, hey, this class trip is happening. Let's go on that. Uh, I can't go on this trip. I can't afford that. Or like, you know, especially when you get into when you get into like college season, everyone's looking at Ivy Leagues, and you know, I damn sure didn't end up at an Ivy League school uh, for college. Um, but you sort of start to believe that you're not good enough, so you don't want to be good enough if that makes sense at all makes yeah. sense to me um and you know that's obviously a, a large topic and we're not gonna sit here and break it down for an hour but um i think you definitely summed it up really well with that death by a thousand cuts <clears throat> there's so many angles that people don't consider 
and even you know even for yourself as a POC you might not realize why you feel so negatively about yourself or the environment um, especially if you don't have other people you can go to who understand your situation and as a resource and you know for mm-hmm. you you know you said you were one of three yeah in your middle in my school, middle school like, yeah who do you go to and and that's to say that's to say all three of you even form some sort of community you know what i find happens in a lot of these places is you know pos sometimes pocs will try to sort of you know be a part of that crowd which obviously there's nothing wrong with doing well for yourself but there can create some sort of I guess colorism within school too, like with among your peers. We're 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 getting a uh, really deep here, but uh, you know it's kind of crazy. You could literally sit here and talk about some of the, like s- some super specific things for just hours. Yeah, yeah, and I guess sort of the goal of this podcast is to touch on these topics. I feel like. Our perspectives are definitely our our perspectives are pretty similar, I would say. Um, and I I do enjoy listening to your spin on things. Hey, you um, know we won't. Uh, our goal isn't to to bog you guys down that much um you know we do intend to talk about a wide range of topics it won't all be you know race related it might not even all be related to our past experiences but being that this is melanated minds it does feel proper to have our first episode sort of uh, tiptoe a bit on the waters of some of these concepts Yeah, I would agree. On a completely unrelated note, did you watch that What If show I, I was talking no, to you about? No, I did not get a chance to watch it. I Damn. have been working my way through a few different shows right now. Um working through the Mandalorian. I just finished Lucifer and I just finished um, Sex Education the other day. I don't know how much of our shows overlap. Oh, damn. I don't know if you do you watch have you seen Sex Education? I I have I've only seen the first two seasons. I know the third season just came out. I I haven't seen the third season I yet. I do highly recommend it um it was a very definitely a very emotional journey um and I mean, have you oh well, i think this is similar have you ever seen um i was about to say smash mouth but that's not right that's a band uh no uh, about big mouth oh no i haven't seen so big mouth. i feel like 
when it comes to shows that talk about sex, I loved sex education a lot more because I feel like there's a lot of themes in there that, you know, talks about like racial identity, you know, gender identity, all these different types of things. There's a lot of things that I feel like even though it's in the the context of teens, they apply to me, like I can get a lot of insight out of it. And not to shit on Big Mouth fans, but I feel like Big Mouth is a show that I would have needed when I actually was in middle school or high school. Uh, it's hard to really discuss that because I know you haven't seen it, but. No, I get what you mean, though. You're saying it's not really relevant to where you are right now. It doesn't affect you or introduce you to concept or ideas that you haven't thought of before or, you know, made you... It hasn't yes. impacted you the way sex education has, from what it's like. And I feel like what makes it weirder is that since Big Mouth is animated they are actually children like in middle and high school versus like sex education it's about older high schoolers but you know it's live action so the actors the actors are of age so it's kind of like i don't know i feel like big mouse is a little bit creepier especially since i don't feel like it's too relevant to now but I'd be down to be proven wrong if I'm offending any big mouth watchers. Just don't be right. in my DMs calling me a little mouth head ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, I am currently watching Squid Game. Uh, if you uh, how heard could of you that. not? Where, uh, how far are you in? No, uh, yeah. no spoilers. Only okay. episode two. About to wrap up episode and what's two. What's your, your overall impression on it at the moment? Oh, I love it so far. I'm, I'm very much into, uh, I don't even know what genre you'd consider it, but it, it reminds me a lot of Battle oh. Royale. I don't know if you've seen that movie um, before. Like Hunger Games? Um, it oh, came out before okay. Hunger, Hunger Games, no. but yes. Um, but yes, Good Game, definitely a great show, um, if not maybe a little overhyped, but I enjoy it. Uh, the themes are also pretty interesting you know most of my shows i feel like that i really get into are critiques of capitalism uh for example one of my favorite shows of all time is mr robot uh, and that touches on on a uh, capitalism and corporate greed a lot so do you we'll come back to squid queens but do I'm you recommend finishing mr robot i think i think i hundred percent one three episodes in the season two Yeah, a thousand percent recommend it. You may want to like start it over again, but in my opinion, each season gets better. Gets better. Well, maybe 
The second season is kind of iffy. That's probably the weakest of the of the four, but seasons three and four are amazing. Okay, well, I'll keep. I'll definitely keep that noted because I I love the themes. I try to keep getting involved, but I feel like I keep like I've already restarted it. But I feel like I get to the same point that's kind of slow, and then I get stuck. Um, I definitely want to give it another shot. But yeah, Squid Games can't yeah can't say too much, honestly, without spoiling you or spoiling anyone. But I also highly recommend. It reminded me of Escape Room, the movie. I don't know if you've seen that. Well, I haven't seen that. I've seen Death Cube. Death Cube. Cube. Or Cube. I think it's, I think it's literally just called Cube. I have I've seen not both seen of that them. One. Is that similar to Squid Games? Well, it's, yeah, it is similar. It's a horror movie, quote-unquote, where they're stuck in this giant cube that has multiple rooms, and they're trying to get out of the cube alive. Uh, so, like, me in life right now. <laughs> yes. Um, are you watching it with the original Korean audio? So oh, this is probably oh, going to piss no. some people off. I am watching it with someone who prefers the English like dub. Like English dubs in general or this English dub? English dub in general. All I will say in response to that is I'm on their page. They're, when I'm watching anime... And I know this will also anger however many people. If it's good, I do prefer the English dub. But I would at least recommend to you on your own going back and watching like an episode with the the Korean, the, the original, because... I've been hearing some things about this English dub. Maybe you can speak more about it because I didn't listen to it with the English dub. But I've been hearing, I've been seeing a lot of memes and a lot of joke videos about how comically bad the dub is. But you can speak on that. Yeah, the dub <laughs> sucks. It is atrocious. Um, and I will be rewatching the entire series in Korean with subtitles. Yeah. Um, listen, I'm not going to sit here and judge you, or not judge you, judge this person you're watching it with, because I can, I can feel that, but I do feel like this is one of those things, an exception had to be made, um, because honestly, like, I don't know, I feel like there's so much, so many tense moments in this show that I feel like would be lost like, some, like, actual, like, real sort of emotion and moments that it created that might be majorly lost in translation. Um, well, in English dub translation, but... Right. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you. Uh, yeah, that, that's okay. 
I I will have to just accept work with what I got, you know. I'm a big believer in that. Work with what we got, isn't that the, the the theme, the theme of our lives, and the theme of being melanated? Yeah, uh, just dealing with everyday struggle, yes. you know. And, you know, I feel like now is probably a good time to wrap this first episode up. Um, we we covered I agree. a lot of things. We managed not to end it on such a deep note. Um, but, you know, all I'll say is if you listened, if you made it this far, stick with us because this will get a lot more uh, smooth than it was. But... You know, go back to the pilot episode of any of your favorite shows and tell me what you think about it now. Of course, and you know, uh, I don't want to give anyone in the audience the impression that Ash and I are experienced in podcasting. <laughs> this is literally our first ever creative endeavor we've done together besides a photo shoot, a couple photo shoots. Um, and that was kind of a bar yes, there, wasn't it? Besides, besides <laughs> the photo shoot and how creative we get with each other in the sheets sometimes. But that's for that's Whoa. that's for hey. another podcast. Uh, I <laughs> okay. I don't know what that other well, thing was about, but post. you know, okay. <laughs> All right, well, it was great talking with you, brother. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a great one. I guess... This is, uh, yeah. to remind you, this is Melanated Minds Podcast. We are on all yep. of the social medias. So look us up, give That's us right. a follow, and come see us for episode two. Yep. Peace. All right, peace. Peace.